Welcome back, podcast pals. It is Avril and Bonnie with Sound Scientific here for episode seven. This week's a bit different because we are talking about the conference that we just went to, the Women in Science conference. And really quick, to we're our- not burning our bras. And getting crazy, dragging men. And so all of our male listeners, keep listening because it's really great information for um, for you guys as well. This is a journey into science. What is it all about? So aside from the conference last week, how was your week? Um. So what have I been? doing i don't know it's been so cold so i feel like i've just been living indoors to be honest i um had a dog date the other day with there were 10 dogs at my house oh all my on the god couch. well oh yeah it was magical yeah so four of my own but it was absolutely incredible um i went to auckland for the weekend that was super fun and then i went down to dunedin with you and then i came back tested some spiders and here we are Okay, you've been way more eventful than me. I'm looking through my photo album and it's like me and Daniel drinking cider. I had jalapeno poppers. You know how I was craving <gasps> poppers in Dunedin and they were trash? Yep. I had the ones I was thinking of. Where? Um, CBK on Fury Mead. What was the Not ratio? Not a sponsored shout out. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know, but they were just what I'd pictured in my head in jalapeno popper form and they were fantastic i was meant to send you a picture and i didn't and then and then i found the perfect pizza that i've been craving stop at this okay everyone else this has been a 1.5 year journey of mine and i've just i've been like i just need to go to naples italy that's the only thing that's going to satisfy my craving went to this place in littleton can't remember the name of course it's littleton man it's dangerous because it's 12 minutes away from me and it was perfect and the whole time i was just Oh, so that's Hang on, that. you have to explain what is a perfect pizza to you, though. Oh, because, the yeah. only way pizza should be, which yeah. is like a nice, thin-ish, crispy-ish base, wood-fired, a very good tomato-based sauce, and then buffalo mozzarella, and then that's it. We gotta go. We don't want heaps of toppings. We don't want heaps of veggies to no. water it down. And then, what, what, what else? That's pretty much it. Oh, I've been house-sitting for my um, supervisor, so living in paradise. Basically. Incredible. And there's no TV, so me and Daniel were playing Scrabble instead of watching TV. How's your vocabulary? I cheated so many times and he bet me and he was really proud he's like i've bet an academic in scrabble and then at the end i was like i cheated so bad like how do you cheat in scrabble i made up words no you didn't i did i, I put down oh juni d-u-n-e-y and he's like juni what's that i was like it's an area that contains lots of sand dunes no Duh. you didn't and then because i said with such confidence he didn't google it oh my god confidence then, is key and then i would like pick out extra what do you the t- um, tiles and have them like hidden so then I'd have choice. I cheated so bad. That was our weeks, um, but what it consisted mostly of is the conference. Yes. So is the Association for Women in Science conference, yes. and they are basically a group of women that want to support women that are already working in science. So like whether you're and out in the industry or if you're studying towards science. Yeah, or and if you work at a university. So yeah. all aspects, researchers, industry, everyone. There was a lot of students there. And so, um, yeah, just a whole range and different, not just one. It wasn't just a bunch of 
spider-loving biological scientists. <laughs> Losers. So um, we will go through kind of like the lessons we learned and stuff. But first, we had some overarching themes that we really liked. Yes. Um, first one was general theme was that all the people speaking were like oversharers. They were really candid um, and organic right from the start. So within minutes, they were talking about their failed relationships or their anxiety and it was just yeah Yeah. and they weren't all hoity-toity like if they were having trouble with the projector or they lost their run sheet or whatever they were like oh wait where's it gone have you stolen it like they weren't like trying to put on this professional face which is such a good thing it was like it was professional but not stuffy yeah 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 and then everyone just felt really relaxed and have a great time and welcome and welcome Mm. exactly um and then another one that we just loved so much and we kept on seeing it some of the best speakers and the ones that we really loved their talks they didn't have this whole view of men are shit and it wasn't sitting there bashing men and you know closed doors room full of women just hating on men it wasn't like that at all and so a lot of them gave credit and thanked their male allies and colleagues and mentors that have really helped them and then other ones were really sympathetic to men going through their own um, societal conditioning so it was really really great to see that too and it just made it feel so much more beneficial because we didn't want to go down to a conference where it was just this man hating fest yeah yeah. yeah, exactly. Another overarching theme was that the whole conference seemed to be very solution-focused. It wasn't just, there's a gender gap and women are treated unfairly. It was like, here's the facts and then how do we move forward? How do you bridge the gaps? So it was like it, almost every talk was really solution-focused, which I like. So yeah, basically the whole conference, because they were smart women giving talks, it was very analytical and just really well explained what because my pretty much my only exposure to feminism and that is through anti like angry memes on the internet yeah and you're like wait i don't feel that way i, was like, and I, I consider, don't feel that way it's just yeah, yeah. Like, we consider ourselves feminists but we don't identify with that like awful way it's portrayed sometimes and, yeah yeah and because at the end of the day um equality is what matters So the conference started out giving out an award, which is the Dell Award, and the winner this year was Abby Smith, and she's a really good mentor for women, um, along with being a supervisor and everything at the University of Otago, and she just said a few really good things in her speech that really hit home, especially to me and Averill as um, natural sloths. (laughs) So she... There was a really strong emphasis on work balance is key. And I think that is really important because she is like, what, 40 years into a career, super successful. And she says the most important thing is sustainability of maintaining this lifestyle. And so you have to rest and you have to find, do things that bring you joy and have a life outside of work. And then she had this really great analogy about how no one um, looks down upon like opera singers resting their voices or pianists taking care of their hands and so the same way that um with scientists we need to rest our brains yeah and so academics in general yeah academics and in general need to rest their brains and take time out to just completely vegetate and so we Mm -hmm. found this funny because we talked to a lot of people 
that um, just watch absolute trash TV and it's such a mind switch off. Yeah, well, because it'll be people that I've been to uni with and they're really smart and I wouldn't take them as someone that goes home and watches like Too Hot to Handle or whatever. (laughs) And they're like, oh, yeah, it's the only thing I can use to switch off because I gravitate towards absolute trash and it's the easiest way to rest your brain. And like, we're just like opera singers resting our voices. (laughs) Exactly the same. (laughs) So that was a really good justification for having a life outside of uni and not feeling guilty for resting because you actually need that for long-term sustainability yes and and overall to succeed in life you just have to you have to take care of yourself it's just so important you can't just work oh and the thing she said she goes if you find yourself starting to envy sick people take a half day and if you start envying dead people just because they get to lie down take a whole day off (laughs) i think we, we should all take that advice to the grave So then we had a talk from Ann Brower on the gender pay gap in New Zealand universities, and she was looking at a whole bunch of data, looking on sex, age, and performance, and then who's more likely to get a job between a man and a woman. So male and a female matched with age and performance. Yeah, so it'd be like a man who's, say, 35, and he's got like a high performance rate, versus a woman that's also 35 and has the same performance rate, he's way more likely to get a job than her. And so she was basically just cross-referencing all this data and showing how the only difference is the gender. It's not based on performance. And then she brought it home um, with analogies of um, the double bind, which is when um, women are expected to do things or things that they're asked to do whereas men are rewarded for doing it and so even being asked as a woman you are at a disadvantage and so if you say yes to do it you lose out on time doing your own research or your own work and if you say no you are an asshole yeah whereas men if they get asked to do this thing and they say yes they're considered you know it's like oh what a nice guy whereas if you ask a woman and she says yes it's just like good because it's expected so you're already fucked before even being asked then there was a talk on unconscious bias with angela ballantyne and we're going to ramble on about this for quite some time because we just learnt so much okay so first of all to define unconscious bias it's basically this thing that all humans have and it's automatic patterns of thought or shortcuts and it happens all the time and we need it to survive as a species to efficiently filter out um, irrelevant information and allocate your attentional resources so basically you need to be able to make the shortcut of that's a lion lion is dangerous I will die rather than running over and being like is this lion going to kill me it's like we've needed to have these shortcuts that's why our brain does this thing as an example the assumption that slim people are more trustworthy and overweight people are lazy that's a common unconscious bias yeah and so uh, the unconscious bias it's a good thing and we need it Mm -hmm. and it's it's really important to us allocating those attentional resources. But when people start to be disadvantaged because of them, it becomes a real problem. And so in the context of gender bias, um, the prime example of um, Barbara and Ben Barnes, um, so who has had first-hand experience as a male and female in an academic setting. Um, so Ben was born as Barbara and then transitioned to Ben when he was 
40. And so he was really surprised when people let him finish sentences. Because <laughs> his whole life as Barbara, he had been interrupted. Interrupted, overly, like over and over again. And so then all of a sudden he was having conversations with people and they were just letting him finish. And it, yeah, he... Just, like, what? He was thrown by that. And then also, um, he would hear people saying, wow, his work is so much better than his sister's. And of course, it was his own work. Because they thought Barbara was his sister. Yes. And yeah. so, um, really unique position to be in where you get to see it from both sides. Because usually, so- yeah, sorry, just to interrupt. Because <laughs> um, usually, there's that whole thing of men because they've never been a woman, just think, oh, what if women are just whining or picking up on stuff that isn't there, you know? And it's like, well, maybe that is true. We don't know. We don't know. But this is a prime example of someone who's been in both shoes and been treated completely differently. Completely different. Oh, my God. Next, this was one of my favourite parts. So next was a study on if merits matter um, when it comes to work um, roles in the workforce or whatever. So they conducted a study at Yale, Yale University surveying undergraduate students and basically there's two hypothetical people, Michelle and Michael, and they're both police officers coming up to be commissioner. Mm-hmm. And one group, the first group of students, get told that um, Michelle is well-educated, politically connected, media savvy, has a spouse and a child. And that Michael is streetwise, he's a risk taker, lives alone, has good relationships with fellow officers. And then they voted which ones were more better suited for the promotion and also listing their reasons why. Yeah, and why those merits were most important in that yeah. situation. like yeah. why is it good to be street savvy or whatever. Yeah. And then more people voted for Michael and gave reasons why his merits were better suited. And then group two, so a whole new group of students... It was the exact same study, except they switched the merits around. So now Michael was the one that was well-educated, politically connected, blah, blah, blah. And Michelle was the one that was a streetwise risk-taker, etc. And again, more people voted Michael as more better suited for the position and explained away why the other merits were suited. And so this clearly illustrated how people aren't judging based on merit alone and so they're not just taking into consideration okay these are the best strengths for this they're taking into that um they're taking the sex into consideration in those roles so in the survey they were also asked if they thought their judgments were based on logic and facts and if their decision making was rational and objective and the people that voted my judgments were you know logical and they were also you know rational and objective um they were the most bias they had the most biased scorings and this is because they trusted their gut or first thoughts rather than contemplating the question and this goes into the fast fast versus slow thinking yeah so fast decision making is um unconscious automatic and it's just like everyday decisions but it's really error prone and Mm -hmm. so you're not sitting there and thinking critically about things and that kind of critical thinking is your slow thinking which is um conscious full of effort and um it's used in complex decisions and it's much more reliable Mm -hmm. so now's probably a good time to talk about how everyone has unconscious bias, but it's when you trust that first judgment, unconscious bias, is when you can run into trouble. Is when you can run into trouble, yeah, or be an asshole, basically. Yep. As and it's when you think about it and contemplate it 
that is yeah. help that helps mitigate yeah. um, unconscious bias because it's like everyone has everyone those snip, has like quick judgments, of yeah. course, or else you wouldn't survive. It's like not about denying and trying to shut those judgments down. It's about second guessing them. Yep, and so like navigating that space. And all you mm. have to do is just be aware of your unconscious bias yeah. and things that you've noticed that you're doing. You can even do like online quizzes for them to mm. see like where you're placed. But I like that. It's like we're not bad for judging. Everyone no, does it, everyone but does here's it. a way around that. Yeah. Solution focused. Solution based conference. Yeah. And so the big take home from this talk is that sexism isn't something that men do to women. Gender bias is part of a shared social system that to varying degrees we all have internalized and used to make sense of the world. So, for example, it's not just men voting the police officer, the woman police officer as less qualified, it's also women doing that and yeah. saying that men are more qualified. So yeah. women also have these um, social stereotypes and that is because of... Years and years of um, that mental imagery that we have growing up as um, kids. And so from a really young age, you start building these um, conceptions of the sex roles. And so you're um, shaping the way you perceive the world. And so I think you talked about this really well from your own experience. I never got this before this talk because I would always see things online of don't just dress your daughters in dresses and don't let them wear pink and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, kids don't give a fuck. Why, how does this affect things later? And I just, I needed it explained out to me from a really smart, educated person, <laughs> which is what happened at this conference. And it's basically that from a young age, you're conditioned with the dolls and the toys and blah, blah, blah. And this creates a mental imagery in your head and then that affects how you perceive the world. Mm -hmm. So it means that... You're conditioned from the day you're born um, with the mental imagery of brilliance being associated with men. Mm -hmm. I mean, not so much nowadays, but, you know. Yeah, well, and that's um, the thing. Like, we have come a long way, and people are mm. getting much better at, at it, but it's it starts when you're so young. So even we yeah. have experienced it. And so it just starts so young, and then you're just kind of – you have all of this – placed on you of all of these sex roles mm. and so then it just shapes the way that you kind of expect or what you imagine in your head like you say police commissioner most people are gonna see a male standing there yeah because of all this conditioning and all these tiny moments that have made up their whole lives i just didn't understand how a baby could understand gender stereotypes like mm. I, well it didn't make sense but it's about your perception on the world is about the mental representation you form and the mental re representation you form is based on the way you've been conditioned yes and so yeah so brilliance is being associated with men typically and then so as adults both men and women are more comfortable seeing men in positions of power and because this was such a solution-based conference, um, Angela talked about how quotas are actually a good thing. And, and so that's in businesses being like, yeah. we have to have 30% women um, on our board. And so our naive perception when we went into this is, you know, you hear it and you think it's unfair and it's a box-ticking exercise and it doesn't actually do anything. But... Then she framed it in such a good way about how quotas are, they're just this foundation for getting everyone a seat at the table. And so if you don't start somewhere and have these quotas, there will never be change and we won't achieve any any sort of equality. And so it um, also allows for the, um, the power of negotiation. So for example, so if it's women 
if they have to have 30%, 50% women on the board, the women can go in and be like, okay, well, I need childcare. And they can say... Well, they can't say, they can't we'll say. fuck you, we'll fire you and hire a man who's easy and doesn't need childcare. Yep. They go, well, no, you've got to fill your quota. Yep. So it gives so, them negotiation power. And then all of a sudden, it's it's just a better workspace for women in general because then there's it's set up for them better. Mm. And so it's just, it allows for this negotiation of power, which is can be really important in making this um, workforce so uh, suitable for everyone. And then um, also... There's that um, typical, okay, um, but that's just a pity hire then. And then everyone wants to fall on that sword. But that assumes that all the other people having their positions already got there based on merit, which is absolute bullshit. And we know that so many things have already gone into play, especially on those really well-established boards and things like that. There's privilege, nepotism, favoritism. And so saying that it's just a pity hire is on that assumption that it was fair to begin with when it wasn't. Ben, the, oh, I thought you were going to say the playing field was ever fair to begin with and could say it at the same time. Oh, should we do it again? Yeah. One, two, the, three. The, the playing, playing field, field was, was never, never fair fuck. to begin with. Wait, one more time. <laughs> the playing, playing field, field was, was never <laughs> fair to begin with. <laughs> And then another talk was from our number one male ally. Guillermo Morello. We might have butchered the pronunciation of that name, sorry, but he is like a oh little pocket angel we want to have with us at all times. Like at every like confronting conversation you have, you just want to pull him out. So he was talking about in the 1920s, that's when the workplace system was created. And so, and in that workplace, there was only male, Christian, white, middle-aged, European straight, or pretending to be, married with children or expected to have children soon and be physically able. And so that's a really specific group. And it was, the whole system was catered to them because it that it just needed to be. That's, that's all that was in the workforce. Yeah, so it so, kind of formed this core. Yeah. And then, so later on, everyone else started to join the work face place. For example, single mothers or um, gay people, trans people, you know, um, and the workplace wasn't suited to them. For example, you know, there was no maternity leave, no gender-neutral bathrooms, no w- ramp for the wheelchairs because there was no need for it. But now different people have started to join the workforce, but the workplace wasn't catered, the, catered to them because there was no need for it when the workforce was created. Yes. So this person on this wheelchair rocks up and goes, why the fuck isn't there a ramp? And they're like, well, because when the workplace was formed, it was a... Male, Christian, white, physically able man. And it just wasn't catered for that um, demographic. So it doesn't mean that all those men were racist, homophobic, sexist pieces of shit. The system just was catered to their demographic. Yeah, and once again, if you don't have the perspective of another another person's experience and that person is in the room to explain their needs, Mm. it's not going to be brought up and it's not going to be put into place. Exactly. Yes. So, yeah, a solution, again, for this is one of the most important things is building bridges with other people. So simple, you know, being if you're a woman, build bridges with men and, like, keep them in the loop. Don't hate them because it's like you need them on your team. And so 
just talk about your experiences yeah and are really like and as much as it is talk about your experiences but when someone's trying to tell you their experience don't tell them no or like no it's not like that don't dismiss it away because it's so left field for you stop listen and take it on board and it just it will just be so much better for everyone and then going the other way if someone is trying to understand your point of view don't like yell at them for getting your pronouns wrong or something you know what i mean it's like if you have these like nice calm conversations and build those bridges it's the only way that Mm -hmm. change can happen yep and if everyone's being authentic and kind and trying their best you just can't shoot them down for that And then to wrap up day one, very good for a women in science conference, we had a pelvic health session and it was incredible. And um, we talked about how urinary incontinence is actually really common and um, prevalent in both males and females. And also it's not just limited to women who have had babies. So if you... um, are struggling with urinary incontinence or anything along the lines, get professional help because it's not normal and you shouldn't have to live like that. That's what we learned. And then um, we also obviously did pelvic floor exercises. And so there's like 40 of us in this room and we did group Kegels. Which it was, was so great. Absolutely the highlight of um, the afternoon. And so, yeah, they're like, all right, close your eyes and then you have to have the um, muscle-mind connection. And so, because it can happen to men as well, they're like, all right, think nuts to guts. And then for women, imagine you're sucking up a milkshake through a straw, like through your vagina. Um, Such a good analogy. (laughs) It is. It is. And it's like you have to relax your core, which is really hard to try to at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then it's they recommend 10 long squeezes and then 10 fast squeezes every day because they're both slow and fast twitch muscle fibers and 10 plus 10 is 20 maths podcast podcast um and so now you can hit pause on this podcast and you can do your kegels really quick and then come back to it Mm -hmm. so uh, yeah that was um pretty much it. There was um, wealth of knowledge and so mm. many incredible women, so many supportive women. And we got to shamelessly promote ourselves. We took our little business cards oh and just dished them out like crazy. And everyone was so nice. They're like, give me some. I'll pass them out. Oh, I or, loved yeah, it. Yeah, it was amazing. And so we got to shamelessly promote. And then they had some professional development stuff. Um, and so we talked a bit more about like social media. Hopefully you already saw, if you follow us on Instagram, our incredible reels. Oh, my God. God, we have stepped up. We have, and man, that was so fun to make. Like it was, it was so a fun. creative process from start to finish. And every day we're like, okay, we can get this for the real, we can get that for the real, and we're like, let's make it as weird as possible. <laughs> but people that don't know us will just think we're these those type of people to do transitions really badly and think they're really good. <laughs> can we say that about Stefan? He's like, yeah, no. He's like, this is so bad. This is awful. We're like, oh, I'm turning it off. I couldn't even watch half of it. This is the worst thing I've ever watched. And we were like, what? It's not that bad. And then like five minutes later, he's like, I've watched it 50 times. Oh. It was so good. So go watch that again. And thanks especially to our male audience that has kept listening. We see you 6%. We see you and we appreciate you greatly because, again, it's about building those bridges. And so thanks so much, guys. We hope you found this 
interesting. We had so much fun at the conference, and so we just wanted to come and just do a brain dump with you guys. Bye. Bye. This is a journey into science. Science. What is it all about?